Hello, and welcome back to the Upper Bowl GM Podcast. As always, it is your host, Nick Zeraris, and today, really good show, one of my really, one of my favorite people to talk to about sports, Madeline Hartley, student at the University of Kansas, does student media there, so we're going to talk about Kansas winning the national title, what the day of the national title game was like, what the season was like for the Jayhawks and a whole bunch of other stuff along there along those lines a little bit of baseball talk too Maddie's favorite sport baseball big Cubs fan so she that's that's where she's been on the pod before she's been on two times before first time was the week Notre Dame played Clemson in the regular season two years ago and then won and then last time she was on was the week before the Major League Baseball trade deadline before the Cubs traded away everything that was not nailed down and blew it up and then had a very weird offseason where I don't totally know if the Cubs want to be good or not, but Maddie will be on at some point again during the summer to talk about the Cubs. Today's show about the Jayhawks. But before we get to today's show about Bill Self's national championship winning Kansas Jayhawks, I do have to remind everyone to help support the show. First of all, please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. Shows available on all the major podcasting platforms. Number two, if you are subscribed to the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please leave the show a review. On Apple Podcasts, you scroll past our recent episodes on the show's page. Down at the bottom, after five or six episodes, there should be five clear purple stars. You're going to hit the one furthest to the right. That's a five-star review. Underneath that will be a button with purple letters that says write a review. Please, please, please leave a few words. That stuff matters. If there's anybody out there, any kind of content creator whose work you enjoy, Leave them feedback. That kind of engagement is very helpful as a content creator. I should have a blog going up on Gotham Sports Network sometime on Thursday about the Rangers and how they compare to other teams in recent years in the playoffs, about how viable their chances are to make a deep run. Should be work done with a video at some point I'm working on on Thursday to explain how regression adjusted plus minus charts, the things you see on hockey Twitter, what those thing, what those bars on the graph actually mean, that kind of thing. An explainer, if you will, working on that content season, folks. We got NBA stuff on the horizon. The bubble, the playing games were going on. Pretty easy wins last night for the Nets and the Timberwolves. Timberwolves had a lot of fun with it. We'll talk about basketball at some point on the show next week. Got to get a little bit more well-rounded on the show until we get there. I hope you guys enjoy this episode with Maddie. I will see you guys on the other side of the drop. And with that, I am very happy to welcome back to the show one of my really good friends. How are we doing, Maddie? I'm good. I'm good. We're I, surviving. Yeah. Um, it was a long week last week in the midst of KU winning a national championship here in Lawrence, Kansas. Um, the celebrations wrapped up like on Sunday with the parade and everything. So now it's like getting back to normal and people are like, you need to actually be productive like but we just wanted natty they're like yeah but that was last week 
So if I were to drop somebody who was unfamiliar with college basketball culture, I spun them around with a blindfold on their head three times and left them in Lawrence, Kansas, how would you explain the culture on that campus surrounding college basketball to somebody who knows nothing about basketball? How would you Im immerse them in that? It is what I want to, the way I want to explain it is KU fans are about as passionate as Alabama football fans. Like if you go to Alabama, you are very like enthralled in like Alabama football culture. And so I honestly, I can confidently say that is how KU students are with their basketball program. Like it is, it is everything up here. So that's like an omnipresent force. Like there's no really like skirting around that. There aren't really large swaths of people uninvested. Honestly, yeah. Like if you go here, like even like some of my roommates don't really care about basketball that much, but I mean, they still go to the games. They still go to late night because it's also like, it is such a big experience thing. Um, I wanted to come to KU for the experience of KU basketball and being in like one of these big schools with such a big like culture and history and a lot of our culture and history is all tied into like the basketball team it's not beating Texas in football because I thought that was kind of important too so, that's the culture that is <laughs> thing. That was a wild day. I, I I went back and I forget what other game was on in that exact same window. And then I turned the channel back and I was like, oh, they're going to overtime with Kansas. Texas is going to lose. And they very much lost. They oh, very yeah. much lost. We had my sorority semi-formal that night. And so we were watching it at the, at like the event itself. And so we go back to the house to like check out and get my stuff. And then I'm walking to the bar watching the game on my phone while I'm walking and in like three inch heels and I like almost like broke my ankle many a times because I just get to I was just so like I need KU to win this game like I need KU to win this game so in terms of understanding how kind of omnipresent and vital Kansas basketball is to the school. It's you, I went back and I went on Wikipedia and I just looked through the list of coaches and there's like nine coaches since 1889, which is kind of crazy to think about and just yeah. the terms of history and just oh, the sure. people, the last Kansas coach to finish under 500 is the guy who wrote the rules of basketball. Like that's how we're talking about like James yeah. Naismith, the guy who invented basketball was the last Kansas coach to not do a great job. Oh yeah. It's, what can I say? It's just different here. It's just different here. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It really it is. is. And I mean, I'm serious. People are not lying when they say Lawrence, Kansas and Allen Fieldhouse is like the cathedral of college basketball. Other schools can try to say that about themselves. I know Duke tries to say it, which is interesting, but it's Lawrence, it's Lawrence Kansas. You can't be the Mecca or like the cathedral of college basketball at a private school. That just, that doesn't jive. That doesn't click together. If you're a private school, you can't be this cultural touchstone because you're, by, by being a private school, you're saying we don't want large swaths of people here. So I think Duke is disqualified on the parameters of what, you know, the entire premise of that idea is. I do agree with you. However, with college football, I will throw another name into the mix 
because it pushes my agenda and things support <laughs> and it supports my agenda so therefore it matters well that is also like a literal that is also like a literal cathedral there yeah. there's a little bit of a difference yeah. <laughs> a little bit of a difference but i digress talk to me about this season this past season because coming into the year a little bit of buzz but last year kind of a disappointing end losing in the second round to usc getting blown out pretty bad loss get a few guys in the transfer portal kind of retool the roster a little bit based on what they thought they needed how would you explain the course of this season i'm in all honesty i did not think ku could make it past the elite eight i was very expecting of them to choke because i mean they did lot they did last year you know um so that was just all like very high on my list i was like i'm not obviously k is basically guaranteed a spot in the tournament all the time and so i was like we'll make it choke in like sweet 16 elite eight at best but and then going through the season they were just so inconsistent like literally inconsistent i remember i wasn't on campus to like actually watch this game i was back home it was like over thanksgiving break they lost to dayton yeah you know? i was like there's no no freaking way and then yeah like coming back first of all i will say watching them put up 100 on mizzou i'm like it's like i have a list of like my favorite memories at ku so far mizzou's like top three it was a good day but so i mean then like obviously that happens obviously mizzou is bad and i'm like you know what maybe maybe they can keep rocking with this and then obviously coming like kind of second half of the season i'm watching them watching them get destroyed by kentucky yeah watching them lose to like tcu watching them go to overtime with texas at home i was like this team Oh my God. I stress me when, out. They stress me out. When would you say it started to come together? Or would you say that wasn't really until the tournament? Like until the Miami game in the tournament, would you say the vision of like this team could maybe win a championship come together? Second half of the Miami game was honestly when I was like, this team. I was like, this team can do it. Um, obviously opening up first round playing a 16 seed blue them out of the freaking water and i was i was just ex- i was expecting that and that was a game i felt very comfortable in and not very not paying much attention to especially since it was a 9 30 game yeah didn't start until about 9 30 and i was on spring break and so i was already tired and i was just like like hurt like hurry it up and then please like i'm tired of this i'm ready for bed <laughs> The Miami game was very interesting because that was a real inflection point where a lesser team kind of would have just wilted. They were down, I think, six or seven going into the half, and then they came out and just they really played the game that you saw later in the tournament there. Really fun game. I mean, the national title game itself could be its own book, just how chaotic and frantic the game itself was. I mean, I know you were at Kyle Fieldhouse for the watch party, so... If we're going to talk about the game, walk me through that entire day. You wake up in the morning. What is the energy? 
the Miami game or the national championship game? National championship game. You okay. wake up that morning. What is the vibe? This is what my day looked like. Wake up. Don't go to class. I did not go to class. Of course. Day. No, my my professors were all very, very lenient last week. Um, all They all canceled on Tuesday, but then they're like that Monday they were like, we know you guys aren't coming. We know you're not going to be here. That is okay. Whatever. I still have to do class. And so I was just like, no, I can't do that. So I pretty much spent my morning getting my homework done for the day. So I went, I was like, if we win, I'm not coming back until like three in the morning. If we lose, I'm not doing anything at all. <laughs> so um, did homework, went out to like one of the student, like student centers to get some lunch. Campus in general was very dead because again, no one went to class. And also, um, so on Mass Street, there's like a couple bars that people were really wanting to get in for the game at, uh, specifically Logie's. People were lining up for Logie's at 6.30 that morning. And Logie's doesn't open until one. And then the game didn't start until like 8.30. And so people were already lining up for all these places, um, lining up at like the Bermuda Triangle is what we call it. So every place was already filled with KU students at the time they should have been getting their education they're paying for. But regardless, um, for the few that were on campus, it's just felt very anxious. Like everyone was very nervous. And the way I described it, to, like just for my own feelings, the last time I had felt that nervous for something was game seven of the 2016 World Series. But this just felt different. Like at the end of the day, the Cubs do always like mean the most to me, but I like, this is something I'm a part of. Like I'm actually here. Like I go to school with the guys that are playing on the court. I see them out and I like, I like know them. Um, so that was just crazy. My best friend from high school, she goes to school about 30 minutes down the road. Um, she plays golf down there, but she came up for the game because she grew up a KU fan. Her mom went to KU. And so um, her and I, and like a group of my other friends, I'll go to Allen Fieldhouse and just patiently just waited. And the closer it got, the closer I was, or the more I started to like flip out. I was like, this is, this is unreal. That's when you know you're in too deep is when you're more nervous than excited for a big game. That's when you kind of realize you've broken your brain as a fan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the game itself, they come out flying. They go up 9 nothing to start. UNC slowly starts to inch their way back in. Most of that first half, North Carolina is in pretty firm control. They're really strong underneath. A lot of second-chance scoring opportunities. Kansas really doesn't get anything going on the block, and they go into halftime down 15. How depressed are you down 15 going into the second Oh, my half? God. I was like, <laughs> I am the biggest believer that fans are the biggest critics and the most negative um, when it comes to a team. And I'm sitting there in the stands of Allen Fieldhouse, and I'm like, it's over. I'm like... <laughs> I'm like, there's no, I was like, no freaking way. Like, literally, that's all I had to say. I just sat there. I was like, I'm empty. Like, this is awful. I was so, I was so, I mean, I can't even put it into words. And I was staring, staring up the Jumbotron and like going into half. And I'm like, I can't, I can't believe this is my life. 
Is that more or less traumatic than the Rajay Davis home run that tied the game seven of the World Series? Because they're in the same ballpark. Because your teams both ended up winning both games. But I will say the Rajay Davis moment is more traumatic because that all happened at once. Yeah. Like just one crack of the bat and I feel my life flash before my eyes. Um, (laughs) The basketball game, it was more like building up. Was there any expectation you thought they would come back and win or were you kind of resigned to, okay, if we can get it close, then maybe, or somewhere in between those two? Basically, I was like, whatever Bill Self said to them at halftime in the Miami (laughs) game, he needs to amp it up. I was like, he's going to probably like execute them in that room and somehow find a way to like get them risen from the dead to throw them back out there if that if that's what it's going to take and i'm sure that's what happened i i have no clue what bill self does i have no clue what he said but obviously it worked and that is why he has a lifetime contract here that that's one of my favorite things when a team wins a championship and in a dramatic way like this you get to read the future stories the week after what was said in the locker room during halftime that swung the game and it was just like from everything i read everybody was very calm in the kansas locker room it was just a it's okay we we can do this we we know what we need to do and we'll figure it out and they did i mean there's something to be said for having a couple guys who aren't just freshmen like some of the other teams you'll see in the tournament younger guys older guys with experience just knowing what to do that's one of the benefits of having an older team in college basketball is you have more experience to draw upon and it worked for kansas and like you said bill self is good at his job there was a period of time where he had more losses in the ncaa tournament than losses in big 12 play like he was that good he's that good of a college basketball coach so then they make their run they get back in the game that last five minutes is about as good as it gets from a basketball perspective oh absolutely um most of my like videos i saved on my snap from just like me reacting to the game it's all like from the last five minutes you know because it's just like everyone in allen fieldhouse going crazy um allen fieldhouse wasn't even full but that was one of the loudest, actually it was the loudest time I've ever heard Alan Fieldhouse. And Alan got pretty loud when I was at the Mizzou game. Alan was really, really rocking. Um, oh my gosh. I, I know I did say, I thought it was over. I was like wanting to give up. I was like, this sucks, but, but still, even whenever they were coming back, I was like, I can't get my hopes up. I was like, they're gonna, they're gonna do something stupid. What's your lasting memory of the national title game? Like, if you close your eyes and you think about the game, what's the picture you see? Like of me watching it, or just of the like, game itself? The, of the game itself. Honestly, Christian Brown calling UNC's bench a bitch. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot about that. Because again, like I said, like I go to school with these guys. I see, I see Christian Brown at the freshman bar way too much. Uh, how defining would you say that of a moment this was for you as a person? Like, how main character were you feeling at that moment? Very main character, <laughs> and it was really special to me because even so, like I have a couple of friends at Mizzou. And even they were like, 
congrats. This is, this is awesome. I'm really happy for you. And like getting all the responses from people on that, like I'm friends with from Twitter and social media, people from like back home texting me and they're like, congrats, this is awesome. As if I did anything I'm like, I do as much for the team as the red shirts do. I don't, I don't play, but no, uh, just like, it was really special again to, for people to know how much it means to me. And so for the people to reach out and be like, this is awesome. Like, congrats. Hope you have fun. Don't say that. You inflict immense psychological damage to yourself watching that team. That's a toll. You pay a lot. True. I do. I do so much for KU basketball. That, that's the thing. It's always the, well, if there weren't fans, there wouldn't be sports. But, like, yeah, kind of. Like, if there weren't people who were losing their minds over this shit, it, it probably wouldn't be as big a deal. In the scope of Kansas basketball, when you think about it, I, I, one of the thing, recurring things that kept coming up in the stuff I was reading about this team was everybody talking about how long ago 2008 was, the last time they won a national title, and how close they came in 2020, but obviously there wasn't a tournament that year, and just a lingering expectation of, come on, we're Kansas basketball. We, we should be better than this. And did you feel that? Did you? Is there a sense of that, that, you know, there's an expectation here because we're so good at basketball historically or is that kind of more of a people within the program type thing i think it's honestly more of a people within the program type of thing you know um it's hard to it's hard to explain but i remember i remember talking to like someone from my hometown she's like a couple years older than me and she went here but she was telling me about how special it was just like make it to the final four in 2018 and so I think for the fans even like a final four appearance they're very happy but obviously within the program they're like we want more like we always will want more was there a lingering sense of like disappointment because of what happened in 2020 like I know a couple of guys from that team were at the game I know Mario Chalmers was at the national title game did you have a sense of I, I think it was McCormick who said something to the effect of we kind of had to avenge 2020 because they expected to win the national title in 2020 because mm -hmm. they were the best team that year yeah no for sure and um they did it for I they all said that they did it for them um Bill Self went to Dotson, who was at the game too. Yeah. And he either gave him part of the net or his hat. I don't remember which one, but he was like, this is for you. And again, they definitely did it for the 2020 team. It breaks my heart that they didn't, they didn't get to have their chance. Now that you've had a national title, how do you not experience the rest of college as a letdown? I know. I was like, <laughs> you know, now one of my one of my best friends is a senior and this is how she's going out i'm like how am i supposed to do this for three more years you're about to turn into a yankee fan you're about to start talking about well, what about last year we won last year i know i'm like how do i go on without <laughs> another one well you got to get another one you got to inflict more emotional trauma on yourself and keep doing what you do for kansas basketball i know honestly if KU football makes a bowl game. I'll even like be like, whatever, that's fine. <laughs> that's such a weird dynamic how that breaks down at every school where it's either you're one or the other, but it's pretty much impossible to be both because of the resources and just 
Kansas is just, it's hard to get recruits for football for because it's a small state. There's not a lot of people. That's the biggest thing with, co- with college football is where you can recruit and get people from. But, hey, Kansas is an all-time fun team because they had some chaotic-ass games this year in football. The, the Texas oh, yeah. game, amazing. Them beating Oklahoma and just being like, anyone who wants to come into the stadium, come into the stadium. Just all-time moments this year from Kansas I was, football. I went to almost every, sing, every single football game this year. I missed the um Baylor game because I was out of town but I was at the OU game and going into halftime winning (laughs) oh my god I I don't even know I can't even describe what I was feeling I was like if they pull this off I was in like front row in um the stadium and so I was like I was like I'm ready (laughs) don't get me wrong I'm ready Something about you going to school there is kind of centering the universe around that because Kansas football is one Big 12 win in like the last 10 years before this year. Kansas won a national title. You're very main character now. No, I know. I'm, I'm the change that KU needed. <laughs> You're the culture changer. I am. I am. How would you explain Bill Self to somebody who's unfamiliar with Bill Self? Well, for what it's worth, every time he comes out of the tunnel at home games, we like literally hail him. We're like going like this. We're like the king is here. Like he is. He's literally like God on this campus. And it's a testament to the school that they have continually had really really good coaches i mean larry brown roy williams bill self going mm. that's just the recent history that's just, it's hard to be that consistently good over a long period of time in any sport and kansas just something about the infrastructure they've kind of figured out the secret sauce i mean it's definitely easier to field a good basketball team than a football team because you, you know you only need 15 people for a basketball team but there are a lot of bad basketball teams out there so for kansas to do what it does in the market it does it's really impressive and it's the east coast bias to me but it kind of feels like kansas always gets kind of left out of that blue blood discussion because it's always north carolina duke michigan state Kentucky, Louisville, it's always the teams in the Eastern time zone and the further west you go, like, yeah, Gonzaga's good every year, but not held in the same breath. In Kansas, every couple years when they have a good team, they are, but for some reason, they just kind of get left out of the discussion. Um, it's really interesting that you say that because here at Kansas, we do call ourselves Blue Bloods. <laughs> no, in my brain, Kansas is a Blue Blood. Yeah. But like every single week when I watch, you know, when college game day's on in the background on Saturday mornings, they're at Duke, they're in North Carolina, they're at Michigan yeah. State. It's just, it's something about the Eastern time zone and all of sports media being based in the Eastern time zone to me that mm-hmm. kind of warps the perception. But no, Kansas is definitely a Blue Blood. I mean, you've won national titles with four different coaches, repeat consistently the best team in the conference. Definitely a blue blood by any oh, yeah. me- measure yeah, yeah we we had come um, we got college game day once this year yeah for the- and you guys were the best team in the in the country this year and they only got it once i know hopefully coming off a natty we'll get it like we'll get it some more times next year how disappointed are you that guys are going to graduate and go to the nba my heart is so sad that i only got to watch ochai for one year like in yeah. person my heart is also sad that Mitch Lightfoot is finally leaving. Yeah. He's not yeah, no. basketball ever again, but. 
But that's the thing about college basketball and football, any college sport. It's the guys who are only there for college and not worried about the pros. Those are the guys you always gravitate towards because, you know, they're just giving it everything just because that's the last time they're going to play. It's one of those things that's really kind of romantic about college sports, even though the system is kind of fucked up. It's just they love the sport that much. Um, Every time I watched KU this year and all of a sudden I see the ginger mullet Christie hand step out onto the court, game over. I was like, it's done. Warm the up human the victory cigar. The human victory cigar. That yep. I love basketball having that where when that guy, the one guy in the rotation, like the 11th guy gets in, you know the game's over. That's one of the few things that other sports can't match. It's really cool. As crazy as the national championship game was, like coming back and everything from that being like so historic and special, I can't help but wish it would have been a blowout from the get-go because then I would have seen Christy hand one last time. Mullet and everything. So when you think about this 20 years from now, you're going to tell your kids about this someday. How does this story start? The day of the nat, you're just like... Just this season. Just this when season. you talk about Kansas basketball winning a national title 20 years from now, when you're being an old head doing the I remember when story. How does that story? Yeah, exactly. Um, ideally, I raise my children to be as much of a sports fan as me, as much of a pessimistic sports fan as me, as much as um, a negative. Oh, so you're setting them up for disaster. You're Absolutely. trying to make them sleepers like you. If, they're, if I'm going down, they're going down with me. And so <laughs> I'm I think the opposite. I, if I'm telling them. my kids read books, like read books, show tunes, go go be theater kids. It's better for your mental. I was I was a theater kid, and I still ended up this way. Interesting. There's not a lot of overlap between those two. So the fact you are the way you are, unique, unique. When I was in marching band in high school, and I was in marching band like all throughout high school, I was like one of the only band kids that actually cared about what was going on. Gotcha. Very exhausting and annoying because i'd hear like the other band kids would be like go sports what's a touchdown the go sports ball jokes gotta go man the the uh, the non-athlete the non-sports people gotta come up with better material than that it's bad it's so bad it's so bad anyways like i was saying if i do raise my kids to be like me then i think they would understand my feelings of watching the game and feeling just utter defeat at halftime and then i get to tell them I could turn it into a great life lesson about never giving up. <laughs> and you're going to have the added benefit of, you know, there's YouTube. It's not like 20 years ago where you, if you don't have the VHS tape, you're screwed. You can oh, just yeah. pull up the highlights and be like, this is when I thought we were going to die. This is the exact moment my heart fell out of my chest and I thought I was going to die in Allen Fieldhouse. Yep. Pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> Before we kind of wrap up, get you out of here. How are we feeling about the Cubs, Maddie? The last time I had you on the podcast was two weeks before they traded everything that wasn't nailed down. I have no expectations, truthfully. And I think it's better that way, honestly. Um, obviously, I was pretty I was pretty happy with the way the Cubs played over the weekend um, for like op- the opening series. And I was like, oh, that's kind of fun. And then they s- sucked today. But again, if you have no expectations you either get pleasantly surprised or you don't get hurt. And that's a win-win. So whatever the Cubs do, I think they'll finish third. 
I think they I, can be better than the Cardinals. I was talking about this with the other. The Cardinals don't move me. The Cardinals have a bunch of senior citizens. But this is true. The Cardinals don't move me either. However, I. Mm, you're, you're preparing yourself. You're trying to be pre- precautious. I understand. I definitely. I don't want to. I don't want to shoot too high. Yeah. But the Cubs do for sure move me more than the Reds do. <laughs> the Reds are dead. The Reds are the Pirates with Joey Votto, basically, and Tyler Molly. Oh, absolutely. And I had my like division rankings like expected. And I was like, I think the Cubs will finish third. And someone was like, the Reds will finish third. The Reds don't move me. They just don't. The Reds traded away their second best player for nothing. They traded Jesse Winker for nothing. Come on, man. Pretty much. (sighs) But NL Central in general is just really bad. So none of the teams move me necessarily. But yeah, the, the Brewers are just pitching. Yelich is beyond cooked. I watch him swing. He has such uncompetitive at bats now. I don't know I don't what know. happened to him. I don't know either. It's, I remember, what year was it? Like 20, I think it was like 2018, whenever the whole like Bellinger and Yelich thing was a thing. Yeah. Like Belly versus Yelly. And then there was a time span where also Bellinger sucked. Yes. And then Yelich just fell off. And I'm like, how did that break the both of them? Bellinger dislocating his shoulder in the World Series is an all-time sliding doors moment just because he was too excited when he hit a home run. And Yelich, I have no idea what the hell happened. He just can't hit a fastball anymore. He cannot get around on 95. Old noodle bat now, and (laughs) he's tied up with this contract in Milwaukee, so that's funny. I Every time I'm on Twitter and I see Milwaukee fans say something, it's always like a Cubs fan in the comments with... The, the like, yellow it's a screenshot of the spoke track of Yelich's yep. contract yeah <laughs> yeah and that's the one rich contract the brewers have he's the only person making real money on that team and they're stuck with that because that is an awful contract oh yeah absolutely and then also the brewers pitching over the weekend was awful Burns and Woodruff were not that good this weekend against no. the Cubs nobody lineup yeah no Burns was horrendous on opening day he couldn't find the plate like at all no Maybe it was just one of those cold days. I mean, it always takes guys a little bit. And it was a miserable day on opening day in Chicago. Yeah. It was cold. It was a little wet. Yeah. Kyle was great on opening day, though. I will say that was fun. He was. I w- was sitting inside the journalism school before my classes. And I was, like, watching the game on my laptop. One of my professors that knows me fairly well, he walks by. He, like, stops, walks back, and, like, looks at my laptop. He's like, I just want to make sure you're watching the game. And I was like, <laughs> of course I am. <laughs> Opening day is one of the it's hard to explain to people who aren't baseball people. That's one of the best feelings in the entire world. The happiness of opening day. There's like there's the 14 games on. So there's constantly baseball on for 12 straight hours. Everybody's happy about their team. Like even the shitty teams are happy that at least it's opening day. And it's mm-hmm. it's the best opening. Oh, day yeah, is so for fun. Sure. Um, I am around a lot of Royals fans, though, and they all are very aware of how bad they are. So they were like, opening day. And then they were like, opening day. (laughs) But they have Bobby Witt, at least. They've got something to be happy about. He looks very good. He does. And that's like it. Though they are all very high on Salvador Perez still. He's not bad. And Ben is always good for... I understand. But they they will go to bat for Salvador Perez. They will go to war for Salvador Perez. It could be worse. Royals fans are, they got their World Series. They, they've they slowly lost everybody who was on that team, aside from Salvador Perez. It's fun. They got Grinky back. That's something for them to be happy I know, about. I know. I'm like, that's that's really something. That That's a fitting. He was there so long ago. Good Lord. 
legitimately like 15 years ago it was yeah. the last time he was in kansas city good god i'm fucking old that's terrible for- to think of i always forget how old he really is but then i'm like i remember when Granky was a dodger yeah and that seems like he- such a far gone memory in my mind now because he's been on he- now like three more teams since then he's done the rounds that yeah. he has been passed around he just loves baseball that's the one thing he loves baseball oh yeah for sure i will always like zach grinky a lot he's always been like one of my favorite players to watch oh yeah he's got one of the he's got great stories about him too the stories that are out there are hysterical the one where they told him he was getting called up to the bigs and he was like do you think they would let me stay and work on my hitting so i could play shortstop in the bigs all-time great story I just you- i understand He's a he's great. He's a national he's a national treasure. He really is. I'm glad he's not on the Astros anymore. It was hard to tolerate that. Oh yeah. I'm glad I'm glad Correa's not an Astro anymore. Because I always really liked him a lot. Um yeah. just one of those things. Before I get you out of here, plug some of your work. Okay, so um I we're getting back into it now that the season started, but I do host basically baseball. If you follow me on Twitter, I regularly promote that whenever we're doing stuff. So be sure to check me out at Madeline Hartley. And then I also write for the University Daily Kansan, um, currently covering primarily softball, but I am getting some baseball writing here and there. You write about tennis. I kind of miss it, but tennis season's wrapping up. And let's see, that's pretty much what I'm up to. Covering college sports is where you find your soul as a journalist, where it's just like, all right, I have to find a way to do X and Y and make this interesting so people want to read it. And it's fun, man. Like, I, of all the sports I covered, softball was the one I had the most fun covering because they actually wanted they wanted to talk and, like, it was engaging and it was fun. It's so fun. Um, So at the start of the semester, whenever we were at our meeting and my editors were like, what does everyone want to cover? We get to the tennis section on the list and no one's like i'll do it i'll do it i love tennis and so i was just like i'll do it because like i was a new writer i joined this semester i was like anything to like get some reps in um and then i ended up loving it like i loved writing about tennis (laughs) that's what it's about you got to find what you're you got to find your your voice as a journalist which is probably the hardest part finding out (laughs) how you want to write about things so yeah your, your tennis stuff was good i we always give bumps. We always support every other content creator. Oh yeah, for sure. I was like, this is kind of fun. I like writing about tennis. Um, tennis team's actually kind of good. They win more than the softball team and our baseball team. But... Those are some heavy size, bro. You just want a national title. You should lighten up a little bit. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> You've raised but, uh... the expectations at, on campus in Lawrence, huh? Yeah, obviously, as a baseball fan, I would like to see our baseball program be successful. And then I would like it for our softball team to be successful as well, just because I primarily write about them and I want to write positive things for the softball team. All right, my dude, thank you very much for coming on. This was fun. It's always good to get to peel back the layers of other people. Thank you so much for having me. I was really excited to get to talk about Q basketball and just the madness that my life has been from last week. And how getting to celebrate um, storming Mass Street after the national championship was an experience. There was about 70,000 people down there. I didn't know there were that many people in the entire state of Kansas, so that's pretty cool. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was I want to say. Insane. Oh, I can't. I mean, I saw the yeah. videos. I, it was pretty ridiculous. That's one of the things. That's one of those things that, you know, now that I am out of college, I kind of regret not going to a college where sports mattered. Like the peak of my school's athletics while I was there was making the tournament as a 12 seed and losing by. 30 to Kentucky in the first round. So that was the epitome. That was that was like the high, the best the men's basketball team at Stony Brook has ever done. That was the first time they made the tournament. They sit all the way on a flight to Kansas. <laughs> That's where the regionals were that year. Lost yep. by 30 to Kentucky. So I'm glad you had fun in college. You're having fun in college with basketball. I'm glad you're oh. having fun. Yep. <laughs> it's fun. I want to thank Maddie for stopping by. We will be back tomorrow. We'll probably do baseball tomorrow just because so much shit's happened in the last week. I will see you guys then. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show.